Hello, my friends. We're back for another great episode of the Pirkei Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions, comments, or just would like to reach out and say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokohn, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week's episode, we're continuing with Perek Bey's Mishnah Aleph, chapter two, Mishnah one. We're about to begin the second chapter of Perek Yavos. And the first Mishnah is a classic um, in the different Mishnayos throughout Perek Yavos. The author of the Mishnah is Rebbe, who's also referred to as Rebbe Yehuda, um, the prince, Rebbe Yehuda the prince, who was one of the compilers of the Mishnah who helped compile the Mishnah when it became necessary to do so. And the um, the Talmud tells us that Rabbi Yehuda, the prince, had this special ability to connect with people on wisdom and charm. And he was able, he was universally respected throughout the Jewish people. And even um, in the non-Jewish world as well, the Talmud tells us that he had a special relationship with Antoninus, who in um, history is, is referred to as Marcus Aurelius. And because of his, obviously, number one is Siat with help from heaven, but this relationship benefited um, the Jewish people during that time that it was a a, I guess a, a rear spot during the Roman Empire where there was a sense of serenity and calm. And because of that small time period where the Jewish people had this you know, calm throughout the storm, the Mishnah was able to be compiled. Now the Mishnah begins. Rebbe Oimer. So Rebbe says, Ezu which is the proper path that a person should choose for himself? So the question is, what's the right path for a person to choose? And he answers that whatever path is a credit to himself and earns him the esteem of his fellow men. You know, thinking about this as we're learning this together, you know, how appropriate is it that Rebbe, who is universally loved and respected, by the entire gamut of the of the Jewish people, is appropriately teaching us how do we gain the respect and admiration for people? How do we how do we get on the right path? That's really the better question. How do we? What's the correct path for a person? And he says, it's whatever whatever path is a credit to himself and earns him the esteem of his fellow men. That he has to do certain things. And we're going to talk about that. That that people will respect him. For who he is. Now, the first um, point which I want to bring out here, the Mishnah says, "Ezui derech yisharish adam." It says, "What's the proper path that a person should should go down for himself?" What does it not say in the Mishnah? It says, "What's the path of righteousness?" Right? It says, "What is which is the proper path that a person should choose for himself?" as opposed to which is the path of righteousness that a person should choose for himself. So we've mentioned 
in other Mishnayos as well, this idea that everybody is unique. Everybody has their mission. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. And Hashem has given us those specific circumstances and the strengths and weaknesses that we possess to accomplish our unique mission. And the over here, I believe the Mishnah, Rabbi Huda, he's continuing this idea in a, in a different vein, that when it comes to Avodah Hashem, when it comes to serving God, there is, there is room for individuality. Again, unfortunately, many people think that Judaism is a very, you know, cut and dry religion. It's very rigid. And a certain, in certain aspects, it is rigid. But, you know, in other aspects, it's not how people think it is. There's plenty of room for people to be themselves and to use their innate talents and their abilities to serve Hashem. And I believe that's what the Mishnah is teaching us here, that obviously you have the confines of halacha, which we have to, we are bound to, to stay within those boundaries. Um, and that's something that's necessary because if there's no boundaries, there's no religion. There's no halacha, there's no set rules. There's nothing, there's no Yiddish guy, there's no Judaism. Everyone can just do whatever they want and call it Judaism. So we have a framework. And within that fame framework, there are different paths for a person to, to get close to Hashem. Now, what do I mean by that? So what I mean is, is that everyone, like I said, has different strengths, has different abilities, has different, you know, nitias, which means like they're pulled to different things. People, you know, some people are pulled more naturally to davening, to prayer. Other people are more pulled to, you know, chesed, to doing acts of kindness. You know, there are other individuals who they gravitate to Torah learning. And even within Torah learning, um, everyone's different. Some people like halacha, Jewish law. Some people like Gemara, Talmud. Some people like Mishnah, right? Some people like Chumash, right? And obviously you want to be a rounded out person to know a little, but there's nothing wrong with focusing where your heart desires to, for you to go. Now, the, the, the Mishnah is telling us that when it comes to Avodah Hashem, we should try to use our abilities to, to maximize to, you know, our potential. So if we have a certain affinity to davening, we should try to take up, explore that possibility. If we have a connection to, to, to learning, you know, a special connection to learning, we should try to develop that. And each person um, in their own ability should try to bring out the best of themselves and use that ability to serve Hashem in his or her unique path. Now, again, it is within the framework of halacha because if we don't have that framework, there's no religion, there's no, no Judaism. So it is in this framework, we have to follow the rules that are set out for us, but there's plenty of room in Judaism for people to express themselves and to express who they are and to use their unique ability to make their special connection with Hashem. And, you know, this is like we said, there's different misconceptions. If you think of people who are holy, you know, you think of who have a connection to God. You might think of someone with a big beard and, um, you know, a big hat, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Every person could, ha could be spiritual. Every person could have their connection to Hashem. Anybody, any human being could have a connection to Hashem, connection to God. And it's our job to use our abilities, to use our strengths, to use our individuality, to find that path, to forge that path, to, to develop it. 
that we could reach our true potential. Now, another point which I saw brought down on this Mishnah is that when the Mishnah tells us, what is the proper path that a person should choose for himself? The Mishnah says this, this idea of proper path, like I mentioned before, also connotes that it's not just a relationship, this path, the way that we get to this closeness to Hashem, that it's not doesn't just deal with between us and God, but rather it's a path which also deals with our relationships with other people as well. There's two types of mitzvos. There's mitzvos which are bein adam lamakom, between man and his creator, between man and God, right? We do certain mitzvos. We, we keep Shabbos, we keep kosher. These are mitzvos, they're commandments between us and God, right? God commanded us to, to observe these mitzvos and, and we fulfill them because that is that you know shows our relationship with Hashem. But there are other mitzvos. There's another segment of, of our, our path, which is the mitzvos between man and man, such as, you know, honor your mother and father, do not steal, do not cheat, doing acts of chesed and kindness to one another. That there's two facets to a person's relationship to Hashem. Obviously, a person has to work on the relationship of the mitzvos and learning but there is another aspect which is also dealing with people in the proper way to have respect for our fellow man to love our fellow man to be kind to our fellow man and when a person incorporates the the way you know incorporates being better to other humans into his path of serving god that's also included in finding the the correct path quote unquote to getting close to hashem that's also a, a point that's brought out that it says, what is the proper path for a person, right? It doesn't say what is the righteous path. When it says that it's derech yeshara, the proper path, it connotes this relationship between man and man. Aside from the relationship between man and, and God that we have to work on, we also, in order to get to the to maximize our potential with Hashem, is to to work on our relationship between man and man, right? Between you, inter-human beings, between human beings, that we get along with each other, we love each other, we treat each other properly, we do kindness with each other. Because only when we work on that aspect of our relationship do we complete our our spiritual relationship with Hashem. You can't just say, you know, I'm just gonna, it's just me and God and I'm going to ignore everyone else. It doesn't work like that. And we, we know that a person, one of the reasons that a person, you know, one of the missions that a person has in this world, one of the, the jobs a person has in this world is to mirror the, the acts of God or the traits, the character traits of God. That mahu rachom afu rachom, that just like God is, is merciful, so too we must be merciful. Just like God is benevolent, we must also try to be benevolent. That that this The only way that you come to to being a person that mirrors God is if you treat people and deal with people in this way, the same way that Hashem deals with people. Now, obviously it's a tall order and something we have to work on it takes a whole lifetime, but it's something we, we need to do. And it starts with small acts toward each other. And that's, it's incorporated. People, you know, sometimes think of it as, as separate that there's, you know, my relationship with God and then there's my relationship with other people. But the truth is it's really one in the same. 
because without having a proper relationship between man and man, we will not have the optimal relationship between man and God. And I believe this is also the second part of the mission is going to help us. This idea is going to help us in the answer of the Mishnah. Because what does the Mishnah answer us? It says, what's the proper path? How does a person find the proper path? It says, whatever path is a credit to himself and earns him the esteem of his fellow men. So on a simple understanding, the Mishnah seems to be referring to you know, the, the path of moderation. That sometimes naturally human beings, we, we become extreme. Become extreme in different areas and the way that you know people respect you and you you you're able to mix well with people as if you're you know sort of more moderate now when i say moderate doesn't mean you know uh, people might take it the wrong way right again we have halacha we have a framework you can't say i'm, I'm a moderate and i only and I, and, I, and I only decide that i only want to do some of the mitzvahs right we have to know that the goal is to to, to do all the mitzvahs but when it says moderation, it's the way we deal with people, the way we interact. We should never, you know, come across as as an extremist. And you know what? I, I really believe, you know, it's all about how, how you deal with other individuals. You could be the most religious person um, in the world. But if people see you, how you deal with others in, in a proper way, in a kind way, you're able to connect. You know, we're all human beings. And maybe we we look different on the exterior. We have different uh, get-ups, different clothing. But if a person, you know, is 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 approachable and is kind, and you know, it doesn't make a difference if they are very religious. But if you're able to connect to people and people see you for who you are and they see you're authentic, so all the the coverings on the outside go away and people can respect you for who you are. And this really brings brings me to another point because, you know, as I mentioned before, many times we tend to see things as black and white, you know, like either good or bad. And there are gray zones out there, which means that some things could be right for me and wrong for you and things could be wrong for you and right for me. So the mission has given us some advice that when we're dealing with people, right, it's not just about what the halacha is, there's a higher level over here of sensitivity as well. There's a higher barometer, which is called taking people's feelings into consideration, being careful how you deal with others. Now, you know, I want to just explain this for a moment. Sometimes, you know, halacha could dictate that a person is not obligated to do something. But Yashros, the, the this higher sensitivity of doing what's correct in the eyes of Hashem, couldn't could could dictate that a person should do it anyways, right? And even if when we're when we're when we're fulfilling our obligations, there's still ways of doing it without steamrolling other people. We're caring for the the you know for other people's feelings, being considerate, being sensitive, that. Even when it comes to our avodas Hashem, when it comes to our service of God, when it comes to our mitzvah observances, when it comes to um, learning Torah, when it comes to the kindness that we do, when it comes to our dealing with others, we're we're taking into consideration other people's feelings as well. We're not just looking at ourselves, you know, that what I need to do, what's incumbent about me, 
and I'm, I'm just going to steamroll everybody else. We're looking at the bigger picture, the bigger picture, because when you look at the bigger pictures, you know, it's not just about me. It's about the other people here as well. It's my family, my friends, the people are, I'm associated with that. We can't just think of it in terms of, I need to do this now. We need to have a, a bigger picture of, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, we have our obligations that we need to fulfill, but there's still a way of thinking through those obligations and, and responsibilities and doing it in a way where we're not necessarily going to knock someone over when we, when we, when we do what we need to do. We're not going to, we're going to do it in a sensitive way. We're going to do it in a caring way. We're going to do it in, in, in a practical way. And that's what it means. That, you know, people that whatever is credit to himself and earns him the esteem of his fellow men. Because when, when you as a person take other people into consideration, you don't just think about yourself. Other people will respect you. They will look up to you because they don't see an individual who's just a selfish person. They see someone who, who has the other person in mind. They're not just thinking about themselves. They're thinking about other people, their friends, their family. And that's how you build respect between other people. And that's that's the, the proper path, how a person gets to the proper path. It's knowing our responsibilities, knowing our obligations, but being sensitive and and you know, being able to deal with situations in a way that we have not other people in mind, not just ourselves. We don't, we think about how our actions um, will affect others. And we might go a little bit more than the, the letter of the law in order to make sure that other people are taken into consideration and not hurt, steamrolled, so on and so forth. Now the Mishnah continues. A person should be scrupulous in performing the quote-unquote minor mitzvos like the quote-unquote major mitzvos. Because you don't know the reward that's for each mitzvah. And the Mishnah continues. And you should calculate the cost of a mitzvah against its reward. And the the reward of a sin against its cost. Now the Mishnah is giving us a very important idea over here. Number one is, since we don't know the values of mitzvahs, we don't know which one is how much they're worth in in heaven. So we have to be careful with all the mitzvahs. Now the question is, is that we do see that some sins, for example, are more severe. That if a person transgresses certain things, it could be even uh, you know being cut off. God forbid. So we do see in the Torah that there's certain things are more severe than other things. So how do we reconcile this Mishnah that seems to be saying we don't know the, the value of a mitzvah and therefore we have to be careful with everything versus this idea that certain certain mitzvahs, which are negative you know, commandments of do not do, carry more weight. And um, one explanation which I saw is that when the Mishnah is telling us to be careful in the small mitzvah, like the major ones, that there is such a concept of smaller mitzvahs and bigger mitzvahs. Obviously, we need to try to, we don't truly know the value of each one, but there is such a concept of heavier ones and maybe quote unquote lighter ones, minor ones. But at the same time, we still have to be careful because as I mentioned, each mitzvah that we do is injecting our neshama, injecting our soul with a certain vitamin that only that observance of that mitzvah can help us with, 
right? That just like if we eat certain vitamins, you know, if you eat tons of meat and steak all day, it's not gonna, you're not going to be healthy necessarily. Maybe you'll be full. But if you want to be the most healthy you can be, you need to have different vitamins, different minerals in the proper amounts in order to be the best person, the most healthy person. So when it comes to our neshama as well, we have to recognize that all mitzvos are necessary for us to get the proper nutrients in our neshama. That when we do a small mitzvah, it is injecting us with that vitamin. When we do a big mitzvah, it's also injecting us with the vitamin, different type of vitamin. So even though there's quote unquote bigger mitzvahs and smaller mitzvahs, you still need those smaller mitzvahs in order to have the proper dosage and the proper, you know, soul food, pun intended, to be the best you can be. Now, the Mishnah continues this idea of calculating the cost of a mitzvah against its reward and calculating the reward of a sin against its cost. The commentaries tell us, what the Mishnah is telling us here is that when we look at a situation, we're faced with a choice to do a mitzvah or to not do a mitzvah, to sin or to not sin. How are we looking at the situation in front of us? Are we looking at it as a situation of the present where we're just weighing the value of this enjoyment we're going to have um, or the this lightening of our obligations that of, of, of us forsaking a mitzvah? Or do we look at it with a bigger picture involved that the actual weight of the mitzvah, what is a mitzvah truly worth? A mitzvah is eternity. That when we do a mitzvah, we have that for the rest of our life, right? So if we decide to sleep late, to not go to services, so fine, we slept late, we feel good, we, we got a few extra minutes of sleep, but we lost out that mitzvah of eternity. So if you look at it in that sense, the mitzvah you know, greatly outweighs the, the gain of a few minutes of sleep. And on the flip side as well, when we think about the pleasure of, a, a, of an aver, of a sin, like let's say eating something forbidden versus the, you know, the cost that it's going to cost us, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? The enjoyment of swallowing for that moment versus the, you know, the, what we're going to have to deal with later on. And that's what the mission is saying, that when we, have, when we make our decisions, we should try to have it with the longer picture involved. And obviously, sometimes with mitzvot, we do have to pass up a mitzvah for different reasons. We have family obligations. Sometimes we have, we, we need to, we're not able to do a certain mitzvah or we need to push it off. Sometimes that could be the right answer. But if we have this outlook, so then we'll be able to make the right decision, the right decision more times than not. Now, the Mishnah finishes off with a interesting lesson. The Mishnah, Rabbi, Rabbi Yuda, the prince, finishes off. He says, consider three things, and maybe it's a continuation of the last part of the Mishnah, and you will not come into the grip of sin. Number one is know what's above you, which is what? I in Raya, an eye that's watching. The oizen shoimas, and an attentive ear. And all your deeds are recorded in the book. It says, if we think about these ideas that an eye is watching, the ear is listening, and everything we do is written down, so then it'll prevent us from making, God forbid, bad mistakes. You know, can you imagine in the Mishnah's time, picture yourself in the times of the Mishnah a few thousand years ago, right? They probably had a hard time understanding this idea and this concept. 
You know, there's no such thing as video cameras. There's no such thing as recorders. There's no such thing as, you know, uh, SD chips where you could put, you know, tons of information on the on, on, a, on a memory card the size of your thumbnail. So can you imagine how hard it was that for them to, to think about this concept that Hashem, that God is listening to every word. He's watching everything we do. He's writing everything down. But for us in our generation, we understand such a concept very easily. You know, everywhere you go, there's cameras and the government's probably listening to all our phone calls. And, um, right, and everything we do is written down. We can understand these concepts. It's, it's easy for us. And actually the Chavetz Chaim of blessed memory, he writes in, in his time, he passed away in about 1939. They only had the, the telegram and photos. They didn't have as, you know, the advances in technology weren't as much as we have. And he said that the reason why Hashem, the reason why God let this technology come down in these generations is that he, he wanted it to be easier for people to understand this idea that everything is written down, everything is heard, and everything is listened to. Because you know our generations were in the the, the you know they refer to ikvas of the Mashiach, the the heels of the Mashiach of the Messiah, and you know it's easier for us to have belief in Hashem, to 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 stay on the the straight and narrow. Hopefully, when we know that everything will be shown back to us, and that's what's brought down. That when a person comes up to heaven after 120, everything will be played back to them, on what they did, what they didn't do. And God willing, if we keep in mind, you know, it's, let's keep this on a positive note, we'll end on a positive note, that when we focus on everything people are watching, you know, if, if we if we walk by, if, if we know someone's videoing us, we act differently. We, we, we act differently. We don't, we don't do certain things. I mean, maybe nowadays people with social media, people do crazy things, but regular people, if, you know, if, uh, if a camera's on them, right? If a... Um, you know you're being watched. You'll act differently. If you knew the government was watching every second on a camera, right? Or you're going by the the the, NAT, the FBI headquarters or CIA or whatever, you're not going to speed, right? You're going to go slow. You're going to be careful because we act differently when we know we're being watched. And we could use this to our advantage that if we know we're being watched, we want it to be, we want to be watched in a positive way. That when we watch the replay, God willing, after 120, we should see all the good things and the great things we did. And we should use it as a springboard, as a as a push for us to do the right things and to stay on the right path. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. Hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, say hello. Please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.